Today inshallah we will study Surah Al-Qamar but before that we will listen to the recitation of Surah Al-Najm from verse number 33. So if you could open up your juz or your mushaf to Surah Al-Najm verse number 33 we will listen to the section and we will go directly from here to Surah Al-Qamar. And the reason is that I had mentioned to you earlier that how surahs they do have a connection between them. How one surah ends and the next begins, there is a continuous theme over there. And I want you to listen to the ending of Surah Al-Najm and the beginning of Surah Al-Qamr together to see what the connection is. How the theme flows from one surah to the next. أَفَرَأَيْتَ الَّذِي تَوَلَّى وَأَعْطَى قَلِيلًا وَأَكْدَى أَعِنْدَهُ عِلْمُ الْغَيْبِ فَهُوَ يَرَى أَمْ لَمْ يُنَبَّأْ بِمَا فِي صُحُفِ مُوسَى وَإِبْرَاهِيمَ الَّذِي وَفَّى أَلَّا تَزِرُ وَازِرَةٌ وِزْرَ أُخْرَى وَأَنْ لَيْسَ لِلْإِنسَانِ إِلَّا مَا سَعَى وَأَنَّ سَعْيَهُ سَوْفَ يُرَى ثُمَّ يُجْزَاهُ الْجَزَاءَ الْأَوْفَى وَأَنَّ إِلَى رَبِّكَ الْمُنْتَهَى وَأَنَّهُ هُوَ أَضْحَكَ وَأَبْكَى وَأَنَّهُ هُوَ أَمَاتَ وَأَحْيَا وَأَنَّهُ خَلَقَ الزَّوْجَيْنِ الذَّكَرَ وَالْأُنْثَى مِنْ نُطْفَةٍ إِذَا تُمْنَى وَأَنَّ عَلَيْهِ النَّشْأَةَ الْأُخْرَى وَأَنَّهُ هُوَ أَغْنَى وَأَقْنَى وَأَنَّهُ هُوَ رَبُّ الشِّعْرَى وَأَنَّهُ أَهْلَكَ عَادًا الْأُولَى وَثَمُودَ فَمَا أَبْقَى وَقَوْمَ نُوحٍ مِّن قَبْلٍ إِنَّهُمْ كَانُوا هُمْ أَظْلَمَ وَأَطْغَى وَالْمُؤْتَفِكَةَ أَهْوَى فَغَشَّاهَا مَا غَشَّا فَبِأَيِّ آلَاءِ رَبِّكَ تَتَمَارَى هَذَا نَذِيرٌ مِّنَ النُّذُرِ الْأُولَى أَزِفَةِ الْآزِفَةِ لَيْسَ لَهَا مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ كَاشِفَةٌ أَفَمِنْ هَذَا الْحَدِيثِ تَعْجَبُونَ وَتَضْحَكُونَ وَلَا تَبْكُونَ وَأَنْتُمْ سَامِدُونَ فَاسْجُدُوا لِلَّهِ وَاعْبُدُوا بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اقتربت الساعة وانشق القمر وإن يروا آية يعرضوا ويقولوا سحر مستمر وكذبوا واتبعوا أهواءهم وَكُلُّ أَمْرٍ مُسْتَقِرٍ 
وَلَقَدْ جَاءَهُمْ مِنَ الْأَنْبَاءِ مَا فِيهِ مُزْدَجَرٌ ஜராஷி முஹ்தூனூனூஜூனூஜிர்ஃபூபு ஃபத்தஹனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூனூன
according to the guidance that Allah has revealed. And that is what is mentioned in Surah Al-Qamr. وَلَقَدْ يَسَّرْنَا الْقُرْآنَ لِلذِّكْرِ فَهَلْ مِن مُدَّكِرِ That Allah has made the Qur'an easy to understand, easy to learn, easy to remember. But is there anyone willing to learn and remember? Is there anyone willing to pay heed, to pay attention, to try and learn? Because if anyone tries to learn, it is a promise from Allah that He will facilitate this journey for that person. Because the Qur'an is a means to who? To Allah. It is, as the Prophet ﷺ described the Qur'an as a sabab, as a rope, as a connection between who? Between us and between Allah. He said that, طَرَفُهُ بِيَدِ اللَّهِ وَطَرَفُهُ بِأَيْدِيكُمْ It's one side of this rope, of this Qur'an, is with Allah, and the other side of this rope is with who? It is with you. It is with us. So Allah has offered this rope. He has facilitated the learning of the Qur'an for us, so that we can strive towards Him, so that we can make something of our lives. But here, each and every one of us needs to question ourselves very honestly, that how much am I striving to learn the Qur'an? How much effort am I putting in to gain from the Qur'an? If you think about it, there are so many things that we learn in our lives. We go to school, we go to university, we learn how to drive, we learn how to cook, we learn many skills. And in order to acquire any skill, in order to get anywhere in life, is there a required effort that we must put in? Is there? Yes. And with that effort, is there a certain level of practice that is necessary? Yes. And if we have not done our part, if we have not given to that required learning what it demands from us, then whose fault is it? It's our fault. Think about how many hours we put in just to study for an exam. How much effort we put in to do one assignment, one paper. And how much effort do we put in to learn one surah of the Qur'an. It's amazing how we will not go to a wedding if we have an exam. But if there is a Qur'an class, we will easily leave it because there is a wedding or there is a party or there is something. I know it's summer and it's difficult. But we need to be honest with ourselves. We can only take from the Qur'an as much as we give it. As much as we invest in it. You know, it is said that أَعْطِ الْعِلْمَ كُلَّكْ Give knowledge all of yourself. Invest 100% of yourself in what? In learning knowledge. And then, تَأْخُذْ بَعْضَهُ Then you will manage to take some of it. You have to give all of yourself to seeking knowledge. And then you'll manage to get a fraction of it. It doesn't come that easy. We do apply this rule when we're studying worldly knowledge. No matter how much we have studied, we're never satisfied with ourselves. But when it comes to the Qur'an, unfortunately, we think, yeah, the words are the same, it's okay. It's simple, clear. I'll make it up some other time. Right? It's okay if I just look over the lesson once or twice. I'm sure these verses won't come in the test. And by the way, now the test is so easy. And it's online, so we can always open up the juz and, you know, it's a breeze. It's so simple. Are we really serious in learning the Qur'an? Are we really serious in having the Qur'an in our lives? If we are, then let's prove it with our actions.
And this is something that I want every single one of you to remember. We have just a few surahs left. We have a few juz left. We have a few days left. Let's see how much we are going to give it and how much we're going to take from it. I know there are many things in life that are going on. But the Qur'an was revealed on the Prophet ﷺ at a time when many things were going on in his life also. The Qur'an was given to him and he lost his children, he lost his wife, he lost his uncle, he had to move from one city to the other, one battle after the other, one loss after the other, and every type of loss. But his taking of the Qur'an, the way he took it was never compromised. So much so that Allah praises him in the Qur'an in Surah Al-Najm. And we learned the description at the beginning of Surah Al-Najm how the Prophet ﷺ seriously and beautifully received the Qur'an. مَا زَاغَ الْبَصَرُ وَمَا طَغَى So much so that he didn't even look here, right or left. He was so focused. And we need to develop this kind of focus if we really want the Qur'an to become a part of our lives. It's not impossible. It requires discipline from us, but it's not impossible. As we will see in this surah, again and again Allah mentions, وَلَقَدْ يَسَّرْنَا الْقُرْآنَ لِلذِّكْرِ We have made the Qur'an easy, easy to remember. Give it a try. It's not rocket science. It's not impossible. But the question is, are you willing to take it? Are you willing to learn? Are you willing to remember? Are you willing to receive guidance? It's all about who? It's all about us. How much do I want from it? So let's look at the surah. Surah Al-Qamar. Surah Al-Qamar is a Makki surah. And Al-Qamar means moon. And this surah is named after the miracle of the splitting of the moon that was given to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Surah Al-Qamar is from the Mufassal surahs of the Qur'an, which means that it's a short surah, because remember Mufassal surahs are those which are Mufassal as in Fasala, separated, separated as in with the Basmala, right? Meaning the length of these surahs is very short. And remember that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam frequently recited these surahs in his prayers also. As I mentioned to you at the beginning of Surah Qaf. In a hadith in Muslim, we learned that somebody was asked about which surahs the Prophet ﷺ would recite in Eid prayers. And the answer was that he would recite Surah Qaf and اِقْتَرَبَتِ السَّاعَةُ وَانْشَقَّ الْقَمَرِ Meaning Surah Qamar. So this is also one of those surahs which the Prophet ﷺ recited in large gatherings. Why? Because as we will see, this surah is very powerful, very powerful, very forceful, very direct. And it mentions warning and good news. And it creates a sense of urgency that stop wasting your time and stop wasting your life and do something. Pay attention to the book that Allah has sent for your guidance. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. It has drawn near. It has come very close. What has drawn very, very near? Asa'atu, the hour. Iqtarabat from Qaruba. Qaruba to be close. But iqtirab is when something is very, very close. When something has approached very near. So iqtarabat 
what has iqtarabat as-sa'ah as-sa'ah means hour hour not necessarily the 24 hours of the day 60 minutes no by hour what is meant is any moment all right whether during the night or the day but in the quran when the word as-sa'ah is used we know that it refers to the hour as in the day of judgment so the day of judgment has drawn near when shaqqa al-qamar when shaqqa and it has split what has split al-qamar the moon in shaqqa sheen qaf qaf in shiqaq shiq and in shiqaq is when something breaks apart when something splits so the moon is one entity right so in shaqqa meaning it has broken so now it's in two pieces when shaqqa al-qamar Two things are mentioned in this ayah. Firstly, the fact that the day of judgment is not far. Because Allah says, اِقْتَرَبَتِ السَّاعَةِ Just as in Surah Al-Najm, أَزِفَتِ الْأَزِفَةِ In Surah Muhammad, ayah 18, Allah says, فَهَلْ يَنظُرُونَ إِلَّا السَّاعَةَ أَن تَأْتِيَهُمْ بَغْتَةً فَقَدْ جَاءَ أَشْرَاطُهَا Are they waiting for the hour? Well, they shouldn't wait because its signs have already appeared. And when the signs have appeared, then what does it mean? It's not very far. This is similar to how towards the end of the night, you see the signs of the day coming in. How? You see twilight or you see certain level of light in the sky. You see the darkness going down. Correct? So with that, you know that the day is near. So the signs of the hour are near. What are the signs of the hour? One of the main signs is the coming of the Prophet ﷺ, the last messenger of Allah. The Prophet ﷺ said, بُعِثْتُ أَنَا وَالسَّاعَةُ هَكَذَا I and the hour were sent like this. And he joined two fingers together to show that the coming of the Prophet ﷺ, and then not long after that is going to be, the next major thing is going to be the coming of the hour. But if you think about it, the Prophet ﷺ came over 1400 years ago. Right? Over 1400 years ago. And the Day of Judgment has still not happened. And then we know that certain other things will happen closer to the Day of Judgment, like the coming of the Jal, Ya'juj, Ma'juj, etc., etc. There's so many other signs. And none of them have appeared. So what does this mean? Allah says, اِقْتَرَبَتِ السَّاعَةِ The Prophet ﷺ said, بُعِثْتُ أَنَا وَالسَّاعَةُ هَكَذَا Then what does it mean? What it means is, that from the time when the earth was created, From the time when the earth was created until now, more time has passed compared to the time that is left from this point onwards until the coming of the Day of Judgment. And the Prophet ﷺ explained this with an example. Once he was with the companions and he addressed them. And he said, By he in whose hand is my soul. And Anas anhu said that at this time the sun was about to set. He said, not much of this world is left compared to what has already passed of it, except as much as what is left in this day of yours compared to what has already passed of it. And Anas anhu said that we could only see a small part of the setting sun at that time. So basically, the sun was setting at that time, only a part of it could be seen. And the Prophet ﷺ said that the time that has already been over, is like how much? Like the beginning of the day until this point when the sun is setting. 
And how much time is left until the day of judgment happens? How much time? Similar to how? When the sun sets. A few moments. اِقْتَرَبَتِ السَّاعَةِ وَنْشَقَّ الْقَمَرِ And the moon has split. Some say, وَنْشَقَّ الْقَمَرِ The splitting of the moon is referring to the splitting of the moon on the day of judgment. That this will happen on the day of judgment. However, this is a weak opinion. Because there is no basis for that. What we learn from the seerah, what we learn from the sunnah, what we learn from the Qur'an, is that one shaqqa al-qamar, the splitting of the moon has already happened. And when did this happen? During the life of the Prophet ﷺ. This was a miracle that was granted to the Prophet ﷺ. And the occurrence of this miracle is a proof that the day of judgment is not far at all. The fact that this miracle happened, what does it mean? That the day of judgment, is it far? No, it's even closer now. Because another main sign, another major sign has happened. The companions, they said, that five signs of the hour have already occurred. And this is something they said in their lifetime. Five signs of the hour have already occurred. What are they? Ad-Dukhan, the smoke. Al-Lizam. Al-Lizam refers to the punishment that befell the mushrikeen, their defeat in the battle of Badr. Wal-Rum. Remember the prediction concerning the Romans. Wal-Batsha. This is also referring to the defeat of the mushrikeen. And Wal-Qamar, the moon. So the understanding of the companions was that in Shaq al-Qamar, this has already happened. Now when did this happen? We learned that the mushrikeen of Makkah repeatedly demanded miracles from the Prophet ﷺ. Right? In Surah Ankabut Ayah 50, Allah says, وَقَالُوا لَوْ لَا أُنزِلَ عَلَيْهِ آيَاتُ مِنْ رَبِّهِ They say, how come no ayat have been sent to him by his Lord? Ayat as in miracles. Right? So they demanded miracles, various miracles. As if the Prophet ﷺ were to show them a miracle, that would be a proof of his truthfulness, and hence they would believe in him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not entertain these demands at all. However, at one occasion, we learn, this is a hadith in Bukhari, Anas radiallahu anhu said, that the people of Mecca asked the Prophet ﷺ to show them a miracle. So he showed them the splitting of the moon. He showed them the splitting of the moon. The Prophet ﷺ pointed with his finger, and the moon, the full moon on that night, what happened? It split into two halves. And they saw the two halves of the moon on either side of a mountain. So there was a mountain in the middle, Mount Hira. They saw one part of the moon on one side of the mountain, and the other part of the moon on the, on the other side of the mountain. In another narration we learn, Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu said, that we were with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa in Mina when this incident occurred. When the moon was split into two parts. In other narrations we learn that part of the moon could be seen above Jabal Abi Qubais and the other part could be seen over Jabal Qa'iqa'an. So in these narrations what do we learn? That the moon was split into two. And the Prophet ﷺ said, Ishhadu, bear witness, you have seen this. You have seen this. Allah says, when al qamar, and as soon as the moon split, within a few moments, it got back together. 
Allah says, وَإِن يَرَوْ آيَةً And if these people see a sign, they demand many miracles, but when they do see a miracle, what is their reaction? يُعْرِضُوا They turn away. إِعْرَاض is the aversion. Aversion of the heart and the body. When a person is not interested, not impressed by something, and they also physically turn away, ignoring it. So يُعْرِضُوا They turn away. وَيَقُولُوا And they say, سِحْرٌ مُسْتَمِرٌ They say that this was just سِحْر This was just magic that is مُسْتَمِر مُسْتَمِر From the root letter is ميم را را And the word مُسْتَمِر can be understood in four different ways. The verses are short. Words are very deep. Right? So مُسْتَمِر One word, but it can be understood in four different ways. And I'm sure there are many more. But I'll tell you only four. One meaning of the word mustamir, if you think of the root mim ra ra, what word comes to your mind? Miria? La. Mira? Same thing. Pardon? Marra. Good. Marra, as in one time. Alright? And it's used for something when it passes. Alright? So, murur is to pass, and mustamir is one that passes. Dhahib. Meaning temporary, one that is not lasting. So they said, when they saw the moon split, they said, Sihrum Mustamir. This is just magic that is passing, meaning temporary. Temporary magic, it's not gonna last forever. And that's what happened. I mean, if you think about it, the moon split into two and then it got back together. They said, Sihrum Mustamir. It doesn't really have any lasting effect. And if you think about it, any magic show, right? Magic is performed. It has some you know, people get impressed by it, but then what happens? Does it have a permanent effect? No, not necessarily. They said, Sihrum Mustamir. What other word comes to your mind when you hear the word Mustamir? The root Meem Ra Ra. Think of Surah Al Najm, the description of Jibreel. Meem Ra Ra. Dhu Right? Dhu What does Mirra mean? Strength. Right? So Mustamir is one that has Mirra as in one that is. Very powerful. This at Sihrum Mustamir, this is very powerful magic. So powerful, so strong, that it has even affected the moon. They said, so far, Muhammad wasallam was performing magic that was to do with words. Right? It brainwashed people, put them in a, you know, basically changed them, transformed them completely, made them go crazy, so they left their traditions and, you know, idols, and now they're worshipping only one god. But now his magic has reached even the moon. They said this is very powerful magic. Third meaning of the word mustamir, marara, means harshness. Harshness. So mustamir as in very evil, terrible magic. This is not good magic because it has caused the moon to split into two. They said it's evil. Then mustamir, Istimrar. Istimrar means that which is continuous. Interesting, huh? One meaning of the word mustamir, it is one that is passing, and it gives the exact opposite meaning, one that is continuous. So mustamir, as in continuous, magic, this is something that has continued from the ancients. You know, Muhammad wasallam has somehow learned this magic from the people of the past. This is just the same line. Sihrum mustamir. Allah says, وَإِن يَرَوْ آيَةً يُعْرِضُوا وَيَقُولُوا سِحْرٌ مُسْتَمِرٌ 
when they see such a powerful miracle, such an amazing miracle, the splitting of the moon, what is their reaction? These people turn away and they say that this miracle was actually magic. The fact is that this was indeed a very great miracle. Khattabi, he said that the splitting of the moon is one of the greatest miracles that was given to the Prophet ﷺ. Greater miracle compared to any miracle that was given to any Prophet of the past. If you think about it, splitting of the sea given to Musa ﷺ, yes, amazing, miracle. But it happened on earth. This is splitting of the moon. Splitting of the moon. So this is one of the greatest miracles given to the Prophet ﷺ. And the people, they called it magic. Why did they call it magic? If you think about it, magic is what? An illusion. It's a trick that is played on the eyes. Right? One type of magic is such that it doesn't really change the reality of things. It's a trick that has been played. Right? Like for example, a person performing magic appears to be walking on water. Right? And it looks very fascinating. But in reality, what is he walking on? What is he walking on? Yes? So basically he's walking on tables or something that is made of clear material. Alright? And you don't, yes, this is true. Alright? It is true. There are many magicians who will perform this apparent trick that, oh, we're walking on water. But when it's looked into, that's what they're doing. It's a trick on the eyes. Right? And if you think about it, the magicians at the time of Musa alayhi salam, what did they do? Allah says in the Quran, فَإِذَا حِبَالُهُمْ وَعِصِيُّهُمْ يُخَيَّلُوا إِلَيْهِ مِنْ سِحْرِهِمْ أَنَّهَا تَسْعَى Surah Taha, ayah 66. That their sticks and their ropes appeared because of the magic they were performing, they appeared to be moving. So this was an illusion, a trick on the eyes of people. So in Musnad Ahmad, we learn about a narration in which we learn that when this miracle occurred, the mushrikeen who witnessed it, who were right there, who demanded from the Prophet ﷺ to show them the splitting of the moon, they rubbed their eyes. And they said that Muhammad ﷺ has affected us by his magic. And they said, you know what? If he has affected us by his magic, that only we are seeing the splitting of the moon because we are under his spell, while he couldn't have performed this magic on all people. So you know what? We'll see. We'll see when we meet other people who weren't present over here, we'll ask them, did you witness the splitting of the moon? So many historians, they have recorded narrations from which we learn that as people came into Makkah, because remember Makkah was Ummul Qura, right? it was the main city from where people traveled to from far and wide. As people came in, they questioned them, they asked them, did you see anything strange? And they said, yes, we saw the moon split into two. Alright? Allah says, يَقُولُ سِحْرٌ مُسْتَمِرٌ A clear sign which they cannot deny, but they say that it is magic. And you know what? There are people today also who will say that this was just an illusion. This was just a trick played on the people of Makkah. Alright? Or the people of that time. Because if it was a fact, then you know what? This would have been recorded somewhere in human history. The thing is that the world at that time was in what state? What state? Huh? Ignorance. People didn't really read and write and record everything they, they witnessed. And when it was night in Makkah, 
at that moment, what part of the night was it in other parts of the world? A different part, either of the day or the night, depending on where people were. Right? And this was a miracle that occurred for how many moments? A few moments. Correct? So everybody was not looking up at the sky anyway. And yes, there are images that will show, images of the moon that will show that as if there is a rift. Right? And there are people who will say, oh, this proves that the moon was split. You know what? We don't need those images to prove to us. Because there are astrologists who will give different explanations. For us, what is sufficient is, if Allah says, in al qamar, then amanna wa saddaqna. Then we believe and we affirm. And those who don't believe in the words of Allah, they say, their reaction is that يُعْرِضُ وَيَقُولُ سِحْرٌ مُسْتَمِرٌ They will come up with one explanation or another. And why should it be difficult to understand that the Prophet ﷺ was granted this miracle? Because miracles, what are miracles? Extraordinary events, meaning things that don't normally happen. Right? What is a miracle? A miracle is something that is beyond human ability. Correct? So, if this was within human capacity, then it wouldn't be a miracle. You understand? A miracle is what? Something that, that doesn't normally happen. Right? It's a strange event that doesn't normally happen. And that's exactly what the splitting of the moon was. And what is difficult for us, or what cannot be imagined for us, then remember that the same does not apply to Allah. Because Allah is the Khaliq, the Malik. Right? He can do whatever He pleases, whatever He wants. In Surah Fatir, Ayah 44, Allah says, وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُعْجِزَهُ مِنْ شَيْءٍ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَلَا فِي الْأَرْضِ إِنَّهُ كَانَ عَلِيمًا قَدِيرًا There is nothing that can weaken Allah, neither in the skies nor in the earth. Meaning there is nothing too hard for Allah to do. Anywhere, in space or in the earth that you live in. Why? Because Allah is alim and qadir. Allah says, وَكَذَّبُوا And they denied. They denied this miracle, just as they denied many ayat. Just as they denied the Qur'an. وَكَذَّبُوا Why do they deny? وَاتَّبَعُوا أَهْوَاءَهُمْ They have followed their desires. Ahwa, plural of the word hawa. And what is hawa? Hawa literally to fall down. And this is exactly what desires do. They make a person fall down. Like somebody once said, that desire, passion is something that makes kings into slaves. Desire is something that makes kings into slaves. A king is where? High up. And where is a slave? Low down. Down below. Right? That's the difference in their status. But hawa, desire is something that can turn a king into a slave. And then he gave an example. The person who said this gave an example. They said, look at Zulaikha. Zulaikha, who was she? It said that her name was Zulaikha. The woman, the wife of Aziz, Imra'atul Aziz, who was crazy about Yusuf salam. What happened to her? She's married, a dignified woman. I mean, if you think about it, an honorable woman in her society. But because of her hawa, the love that she was in, apparent love that she was in, caused her to fall down. She is the one who was seducing who? Prophet Yusuf And then look at how low she went. That when she heard the gossip of her friends, of the women folk, she got them all together and every one of them cut their hands, right? And then she 
she gave him an ultimatum that either you do what I command you to do or you go into prison. And he was sent into prison. So look at what happened to this woman. How she fell. So, وَاتَّبَعُوا أَهْوَاءَهُمْ They followed their desires. And this is the reason why they denied the Qur'an. Because the Qur'an contradicted their desires. They liked worshipping idols. They wanted to do certain things. They enjoyed them. And the Qur'an said no. Allah says no, not allowed. So they said, you know what? We're not going to believe. وَكَذَّبُوا وَاتَّبَعُوا أَهْوَاءَهُمْ in Surah Qasas, Ayah 50, we learn, فَإِن لَمْ يَسْتَجِيبُوا لَكَ فَعْلَمْ أَنَّمَا يَتَّبِعُونَ أَهْوَاءَهُمْ If they do not respond to you, meaning if they don't believe, then know, be aware, that these people are following their desires. وَكَذَّبُوا وَاتَّبَعُوا أَهْوَاءَهُمْ Allah says, وَكُلُّ أَمْرٍ مُسْتَقِرٍ And every matter is مستقر, one that will settle. Meaning every matter, every affair will eventually settle. Mustaqir from qafrara, qarar. Qarar is to settle. So mustaqir is one that settles. Or mustaqir can be understood as a place or time of settlement. Meaning every matter will eventually come to an end. Every matter has its ultimate outcome. What is meant by this is, that these people can go on denying. They denied the Qur'an. Now they're denying the splitting of the moon. Yes, they can go ahead and do it. But for how long will they continue in this way? In this path? This life is not forever. It's not endless. Neither are its affairs. This life will come to an end. And when it comes to an end, each person will know what his ultimate result is. Because وَكُلُّ أَمْرٍ مُسْتَقِرٍ if you think about it, anything we do, no matter how hard, no matter how enjoyable, no matter how good, no matter how evil, no matter how bad, how wrong, whatever it is, does it eventually come to an end? Eventually? Yes. If you steal your brother's chocolate, right, without him knowing, and you eat it, in that moment you're really enjoying it, but then what's going to happen after five minutes? Khalas. Finished. But the wrong action, that is recorded. The enjoyment ended. Right? It came to an end. However, the action, the deed is recorded. And this is what we must be careful about. Because whenever we're doing something wrong, what are we doing essentially? We're following our desires. We're following our desires, we're succumbing to our desires, but we should remember that this enjoyment and pleasure is not going to last forever. This freedom is not eternal. وَكُلُّ أَمْرٍ مُسْتَقِرٍ Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ اقْتَرَبَتِ السَّاعَةُ وَانْشَقَّ الْقَمَرُ وَإِنْ يَرَوْا آيَةً يُعْرِضُوا وَيَقُولُوا سِحْرٌ مُسْتَمِرٌ وَكَذَّبُوا وَاتَّبَعُوا أَهْوَاءَهُمْ وَكُلُّ أَمْرٍ مُسْتَقِرٌ 